Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes. Come up to the next level in your faith, worship, and peace in God. Whatever you're believing God for, look to Jesus and allow His love to change you. Join Gloria Copeland and Kelly Copeland on today's Believer's Voice of Victory. Now here's Gloria. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Kelly's with us again today in her beautiful self, and we are glad to have her, and we're glad to have you. We, we thank you for watching. We thank you for helping us. We thank you for praying for us. Glory to God. Kelly, what do you have today? Well, we've spent, this is the last broadcast of two weeks broadcast where we've talked about really unlocking in our life what's on the inside of us. Um, this week we've been talking about having the glory, you know, the glory is the expression of what's inside of us. When we are all believing God for the glory and, you know, people are, are believing in these days for the manifested glory of God. That's what's on the inside of us expressed out here, his presence out here. But, um, he's pulling us into himself, pulling us into what's, uh, what's himself on the inside, his presence on the inside. So that's what, you know, that's what happens when we worship Him. Uh, when we worship Him, it stirs up our soul. It stirs up our soul to know we serve a God who's bigger yeah. than me. Thank you, Lord. He's bigger than anything I'm looking at. And He loves me. When I worship the Lord, Mom, it's so I so connect with Him on a way that I didn't used to before I, he poured that worship on me. I said yesterday or maybe the day before about, you know, it's not your job to change you. Your job is to look at Jesus. And when we look in that mirror, when we look at him, we begin to see him on the other side of the mirror. We begin to change. It says in 2 Corinthians 3, it says that he changes us. He makes us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious yes, image. Amen. He's working on us. You know, when you look at him and he says, when I look at him and he said, Kelly, this is what he said to me. This is a good example. He said, and I had turned my face to him in a way I never had before. I thought I had, but he just drew me in deeper. He's always drawing you in. Let him, let him draw you in. Anyway, this one day he said, you were raised in an atmosphere of faith, not worship. And that just really got, I wanted to go, no, Jesus, I worshiped you. Well, I guess nobody would know like him whether I had worshiped him or not. Maybe I looked to me like it was worship. I mean, I love him and I sang, but he was telling me, he wasn't getting on to me for not worshiping. He was telling me there's something more. There's something more that you've not experienced that I'm pulling you in. 
Well, instead of being prideful and pushing that message away that he was giving me, I let him draw me in and I found out for, for right and true, I had not experienced worship mm. like he pulled me into, like he poured out on me. So that was just an example of how he's the one that changed me, but I had to be, I had to look at him and let him correct me. Now, there's a scripture, we're going to go to Jeremiah 18, just in this last broadcast, there's quite a bit of place, pray with me, because there's a lot of places I want to go, and I want to bring this to a place where God can continue to work it in you. But I'm going to, you turn to um, Jeremiah 18, but I want to read something to you from Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to read this to you. He says, um, in a wealthy home, well, let's read the one before it. One God's truth, this is 19, 2 Timothy 2, 19. God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. You know what? It says it stands firm like a foundation stone. Satan would try to tell you God is not watching you. God is not looking. Mm. God is not paying attention. God is not healing you. Why isn't God healing you? What is it about me that God's not healing me? What is it about me that I don't have a new home? What is it about me that my kids are, are leaving the house of God? And what is it about me? That's a message from Satan. And honestly, his message doesn't change either. It is one of shame. Don't dance with him. He's a liar. <laughs> But the Lord's message is not ever going to change. It's a foundation stone and it says, I know you, you belong to me. The Lord knows those who are his. All who belong to the Lord, we have to turn away from evil. We have to turn away from stuff that doesn't look like Amen. him in our lives. We, what, how do we turn away from it? We look to him. And he says, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you in every good work. But how do we do that? How do we, it says, if you keep ourselves pure, how do you keep yourself pure? By looking to Him. It's not a heavy, heavy work on our part. It's just looking at Him. He will direct us. Look at Him. He will shape us. Look at Him. He'll tell you what needs to be burned up and what needs to go. And He'll do the work in you. But we, our job, our part is to look at Him now, you know, when I've talked this week about being a clay pot, I've done that in the sense that, you know, people say, well, the Bible says that we can be a utensil of gold and silver. I'm not just a clay pot. No, but we need to understand our life, our physical body, all of the things around us, we're a clay pot. Mm -hmm. But because of what's inside of us, because of the treasure, the golden wonderful presence of God, if that's what we look at as treasure, if that's where we focus, then our life will become a vessel uh, of gold, one of honor that God can use, one of honor that not just 
our life begins to not just be God on the inside, but to reflect his glory to others. That's when you become kingdom useful. And of course, that's when life becomes so beautiful as God wants it to be. And you know, the beauty of life with God is that everything out here doesn't have to line up right away for you to have a beautiful life with him. But as you get inside out minded, everything out here starts lining up with what's on the inside Mm -hmm. of you. And so the Lord wanted me to bring that out today. And he won't let me get away from this, Mom. I'm going to have to go make one other point here. Back up where it says in verse 19, the Lord knows those who are his. I'm speaking to somebody right now who has gotten outside of the house of God. You think. You think you've gotten outside of his love, but you can't get outside of his love. He knows where you are. He's still been after you. He He has been searching and looking for you. All you have to do is look to him and holler his name and he will save you and bring you back to the house. You know, the other day, Mark Barkley, Pastor Mark Barkley from um, Michigan had a word from the Lord and the Lord said, there's a special anointing for the prodigal to come back to the house and to be right where he belongs. And I want to just, this is from the Lord. I wasn't planning on going here um, necessarily. I thought about this, but I thought, oh no, that doesn't fit. But it fits wherever you are because he knows you're watching. He knows you're listening and he's calling your name. Matthew 18, it talks about the lost sheep. In Luke 15, it talks about the lost sheep. And I just want to point out to you, especially it's expressed in Luke 15. Let me just look over there. In Luke 15, when it talks about the lost sheep, it says that the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes and he searches for the one that wandered away. And it says, if a man had a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what would he do? Won't he leave the 99 others and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when, listen to this, this is Jesus for you. Because remember, he knows who you are and you're his. When he's found it, he will joyfully, not angrily, not condemningly, joyfully, you bring him joy. Carry it home on his shoulders. I thought when Pastor Mark said that, I thought that's the pathway is Jesus stick you on his shoulders and carry you back to the house. Now there's a responsibility of the house to be rejoicing when the friends and neighbors are supposed to rejoice when the shepherd brings the lost one home. So that's a lesson to us. But I'm telling you, Jesus is after you. That's what these last two weeks have been about. That's what... His, his word of correction to you has been about, you know, when Jesus finds you outside of the sheepfold out in the wilderness, you know, out in the wilderness, you're subjected to the wolves. You're more subject to the devil. You're more subject to someone that hates you. But Jesus is right there and all you have to turn to him, he sticks you on his shoulders. He will carry oh, you cool. right back to where you belong. Isn't that That's wonderful? Awesome. That's who's on the inside of us. That's who fought to pay the price. He loves That's who turned his back on his own presence with God the Father 
and decided to go purchase your ability to be present with the Father. That's our Jesus. And I love him so much. And you can trust him. You can trust your life in his hands. We read this week that he's filled, full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And it's his unfailing love that has him out getting you, sending people to you, having people ready to help you to come back to the house Great and carry song. you on his shoulders. I'm so glad that he told me to do that because, that's good. you know, what does it all matter? What does any of ministry or anything matter if it's based on our goodness? It's not based on our goodness. It's not based on our badness. It's just based on the love and the goodness of Jesus. Yes. Aren't you glad? Yes. It I really know. doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. You can be so good in your own eyes, like the rich young ruler, that you can't hear Jesus tell you, you just have one more thing left to do, buddy. He couldn't hear it because he was consumed with his own goodness. So he is speaking wherever you are. He's calling you. He's speaking to you. And we need to allow him to take us up in his hands, put us on his shoulders, take us in his hands and form us and shape us. I want to, the last thing I want to do in this teaching is bring us to the place where we understand what's going on in our lives. We read Hebrews 12 says there's come a shaking. He's got us wanting us to have this unshakable kingdom. Look at Jeremiah 18. Mom, um, the Lord sent Jeremiah down to the potter's shop. You know, I've been in children's ministry for years, so I'm real big on object lessons. <laughs> but apparently God is too, because he sent Jeremiah down for an object lesson. And I know I've taught this on the broadcast, but it's important, I think, to fit it in right here so we can reiterate in our own thinking what God is doing with us when he's shaping us and what we need to allow him to do. Go down to the potter's house and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making didn't turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Now I know, you know, we've, I've never used the confession. People say, God crushed me. I've never used that or thought about that. I really didn't receive it because in my mind it meant God's messing me up, you know, or sending, Punishing. sending punishment or mm -hmm. sending uh, events or sending hardship to me. Now, you know, there are consequences to the behaviors that we have and they come with sometimes crushing, uh, I can't say the word, I want to say confidence. Consequences. consequences. Um, and we hear that word a lot at our house with a six-year-old. But consequences come. But consequences kind of wake you up sometimes, you know. But God doesn't crush you in that way. But think about the times when he's, when things have been, just felt like things were all wrong and you sort of put yourself in his hands and like he did me, he rolled me up into a ball. Hmm. That's the way I felt. Like he just scooped me up. Now you would think a lump of clay doesn't have a choice, but God gave us the lumps of clay, a choice about whether he can do that with us or not. He won't just do it. He won't just roll you up. To me, he just gathered me up, kind of smoothed me out, put me back on the wheel, and started showing me some things about me. Mm -hmm. 
It says, it crushed it into a lump of clay and started all over. It says, the Lord gave me this message. So Jeremiah's delivering this to Israel. Oh, Israel. Oh, Kelly. Oh, Gloria. Oh, loved one. Can I not do with you as this potter's done to the clay? Mm. Will you not allow him to gather you up, add a little water on you, smooth you out again, and put you back down? That's a question. Look at what Israel said in verse 12. Because God gave him some direction. God's trying to pick them up and turn them into a nation that is obedient and is blessed. But here's what they said to him. But the people replied, don't waste your breath. Mm. We will continue to live as we want to, stubbornly following our own evil desires. What can God do? What translation are you reading? This is the New Living. Here's was God's response. Has anyone ever heard of such a thing, even among the pagan nations? This was their response to God. Don't waste your breath. We're going to do what we want to do. And in so many ways, we say that to God when mm, we don't allow him to show smart. us there's something that's not good. We need to be like ready and waiting. And here's what he showed me with the clay. You know, when, when the potter puts the clay on the wheel, he begins to put pressure on the clay to turn it into whatever, whatever it is that he has in mind. Mm -hmm. Says that the clay, the jar wasn't turning out like he hoped. Can he do that with you? He can do it with me. I want to turn out like he, when he says yes, hope, amen. I want to turn out like he designed me to turn out. So I'm going to let him put that pressure on me. I'm going to let him roll me back up, begin to put the pressure on in places, will you let God put pressure on you? I'm not talking about negative circumstances. I'm talking about instruction and correction. Molding, molding. Will you let him mold you? Will you let him talk to you? Because when you will, when you'll let him show you things, when you'll let him correct you, you turn out like he designed. He's the designer. Now, Revelation 3, Mom, we're going to wrap all this right. up. Revelation 3, he's saying, has all these messages to the churches. But we're going to just kind of break it down into one message. Okay. All the different things. All, this may, you may be, find yourself in here. You may find act, uh, attitudes or behaviors in here that you think, mm, yeah. But God will speak to you just like he spoke into these churches the things that need to change about you. But in essence, the entire Revelation 2 and 3 is saying not this is bad and this is bad and this is bad and I hate you and you're judged and go away into the lake of fire. <laughs> That's the way people think about revelation. But revelation that he wants to bring us is revelation of what he has for us. Amen. And so he says to him, many times he says, hey, I know what you're doing. I've seen this. It says in chapter two, I've seen your hard work. I know what you're doing. I love this about you in essence is what he's saying. But this needs to change. I like this, but let's talk about this. This is the shaking that he's bringing to us right now, and we got to be ready to hear it. Because what he ever, I'm going to read to you some of the benefits of what he's saying if we'll let him shape us, if we'll let him put us on the wheel, if we'll let him correct us. 
listen to some of these things, okay, Mom, and tell me if this is worth just setting your face like Flint on him, like he did on the Father. It says, if you, rem I'm just going to skip around here because I've highlighted my okay. Bible. If you remain faithful, even when facing death, I'll give you the crown of life. To everyone who is victorious, I'll get this. I don't even know what this means. I don't even know what this means, but I want it. <laughs> Are you ready for this? This is chapter uh, 2, verse 17. Listen to this, Mom. Oh, I'm not even close. To everyone who is victorious, no, here, just listen. I will give you some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. Hidden away? Hidden? I don't heaven. know, but yes. You're like, I'm sure okay, it's Lord, good. yes, I'll take that, whatever that takes. It says, and really it just says anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit. That's where we're at. If we'll listen to the Spirit, we'll understand what He's saying. I want that hidden manna, or manna's hidden away in heaven. Listen to this, Mom. I don't know what this one is either. I will give to each one a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except for the one who receives it. I don't know what that is, but it's, it's, I want it. Doesn't, doesn't that now sound what, like something what, you do? What uh, scripture reference did you give? <laughs> this is Revelation 2 I'm in, in the New Living. No wonder I couldn't. Oh, Revelation yeah. what? Revelation 2, 17. So he's just promising things even that we don't even know what they are. Good new things he's doing for us. Okay. All we have to do is listen to the Spirit and let him move in us. He says in verse 28, they'll have the same authority that I received from my Father and mm. I'll give them the morning star. Wow, that's a scripture, isn't it? That he says here in chapter 3, they'll walk with me in white for they're worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white and I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I'll Praise announce God. before my Father and his angels that they're mine. Listen to this, talking about becoming a golden, but well, I skipped a few. I'll protect them from the great time of testing. You'll become pillars in the temple of my God. They'll be citizens in the city of my God. Listen to this in verse 18. I advise you to buy gold from me. We become, this is what hit me, being purified by gold. We become that golden vessel as the potter keeps his hand on us. And the gold comes from the inside. Then you'll be rich and buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your oh, nakedness God. and ointment for your eyes so you can see. This, to me, what I'm about to read is the most precious thing in the Bible. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent. Turn from your indifference. Your indifference to what? To that correction. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as Praise I was victorious God. and sat with my father on his throne. This is the relationship God wants with us. Praise he God. is calling us into his presence. He is calling us in to be a part and have that great treasure that's in us come out of us. Kelly and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, 
Jesus is Lord.